You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Help Desk for Monday the 22nd of February. My name is Tess Bennett. And I'm Peter Wells. And let's jump in, well, jump back in to the big story from last week. And my apologies if you are sick of hearing about it. Uh, But unsurprisingly, data is showing that news consumption dropped after Facebook banned news from its platform last Thursday. And there's new data out from measurement company Nielsen. And it basically found what we would expect, that um, Facebook's action did have a pretty immediate impact on news publishers. And so Nielsen has this thing called its uh, digital content ratings methodology, uh, which provides data on data each month on the traffic volumes for tagged websites and apps, regardless of the source being on platform or off platform. And that tracks the total sessions and total time spent on, on news sites. So looking at the global news category uh, for Thursday, total sessions fell by 16% when compared to an average Thursday. And according to Nielsen, about 22% of news audiences consume their content exclusively via the Facebook app. And also mixed up in the reaction to the news, um, media executives are saying that they had a great day on Thursday. There were more people coming to their sites uh, directly And the ABC News app was actually the most downloaded free app uh, in the App Store on Friday. And so it came in above Instagram, Messenger, uh, Facebook and WhatsApp, which traditionally are the most downloaded apps in the App Store. Um, I can't help but think they, you know, they had a strong traffic day on Thursday because it was a very strong news day. Mm. And that will be hard to sustain without, uh, you know, huge breaking news. Yeah, I hope, uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the Australian public for choosing uh, the ABC News app. It's a, it's a very good one. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard for, for companies, especially ones that have spent so long building up fan bases on Facebook to make a transition and, and find their audience another way. I'm, I'm kind of, I've seen some really interesting takes uh We'll get to the media reaction in a second, which is as you would expect. But, um, you know, I, I heard I joined a, a clubhouse talking about it the other day um, and and heard people saying that Facebook suddenly seems nicer. Like it's it's the Facebook they remember when it was just like kids' photos and, and dogs and things like that. Um, and I'm, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't really know. But um, it's... It sounds like it might be a nicer place in there with without news content. I'm not sure. Um, and it's interesting to think that, you know, Facebook might actually just enjoy this this uh, kind of A-B testing. Like a, a lot of companies choose 
Australia to do their testing in markets. Uh, Facebook has in the past uh, rolled out new features in in Messenger before it's uh, come to anywhere else in the world in Australia because we're kind of seen as such a tiny little market that you can do weird experiments on us and uh, no one's really going to be too upset. Or uh, and and we're also close enough to the US and the UK that. Um, demographically, well, it's demographically, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so people kind of think like. <clears throat> And that was actually pointed out by um, uh, Nick Ross, who used to run the ABC Tech News Division, uh, when he said that if all of Australia left Facebook tomorrow, um, Facebook's users would drop from 2.7 billion active users to 2.7 billion active users because <laughs> we're so tiny, they wouldn't even notice we were gone. And that's that's one of the things I think that a lot of people, a lot of the, the feeling in the in their responses, the reports uh, since this news broke has all been about kind of like this was bullying tactics. This was Facebook overstepped the mark here, uh, especially catching up. You know, they they did a they gave uh, all the media companies um, a way to paint them as villains by by the fact that they were taking down you know the the Bureau of Meteorology and New South Wales Health and and all of these kind of silly mistakes that they made in this in this giant reaction so yeah the it's it's really fascinating how the story in a day went from being the media code which might be problematic and silly but uh you know but facebook's evil but yeah so is murdoch but like immediately now the story is the facebook ban they have now completely owned the story by by their actions yeah, I was thinking back to it and I, I think I said on here a few weeks ago, like, I would be, you know, there's a part of me that is curious to see what would happen if Google uh, cancelled search in Australia. And I guess um, now we're seeing what that looks like or a version of that with Facebook. Mm, absolutely. And, and you know, it's been really interesting watching the international uh, coverage as well. Most international, uh, especially US writers, uh, think that our country is insane uh, for what it's doing at the moment. Um, but, you know, and, and, and I see their point. I, uh, they have a very free market view of the world, so I can kind of see where they're coming from. But um, even even the people who think that the government legislation was terrible are all saying that uh, Facebook looks like the, the bully here. And I guess are there, everyone's got an opinion on this. Um, are there any that really stood out to you uh, that you think are worth a mention? Yeah, John Davidson over at The Fin had a really great, um, really biting uh, attack on Facebook, which, which I just like. <laughs> I enjoy uh, reading things like that. Um, John McDooling at SMH has, has one of the more um, even-handed responses, I think, uh, as, as a business uh, journalist, not so much a tech journalist. I think he covered it very, very well. Um, and so I've got both of those stories in the show notes. David Swan over at The Australian uh, captured the mood of um, a lot of different people. So it, it, he didn't really um, give his own opinion, but he linked uh, or he quoted many, many Australians um, throughout his article. And it's well worth a read as well. Um, he also, he quotes Scott Morrison saying that... Um, these actions will only confirm the concerns that an increasing number of countries are expressing about the behaviour of big tech, who think that they are bigger than governments and that rules should not apply to them. They are sort of bigger than governments. <laughs> on a technicality, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> and moving on, Australia's vaccination program starts today. 
Uh, and so where's the tech angle that we went looking for in this? Uh, Victoria will be using a system from Microsoft to keep track of the vaccinations. Um, it's going to be it's called the Vaccination Registration and Administration Solution. And it is a management platform to coordinate the logistics and schedule the delivery of vaccines to clinics. Uh, it's also going to make sure that uh, those cold chain requirements are in place and that the Pfizer vaccine has been stored at that minus 70 degrees temperature and is effective. And we're all hoping for a smooth rollout and not another COVID safe app. Mm. I'm actually, I'm quite optimistic about this one because uh, there's nothing particularly new uh, in this. Hopefully it's supply chain. Uh, it should be something that's tried and tested. Um, we're not Bluetoothing phones together <laughs> to track contacts. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something in the boring part of enterprise tech that should just be boring but effective. Mm, absolutely. And and look, Microsoft are, are fantastic vendors uh, when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, just my, my experience working with Microsoft in universities and things like that where we had very large uh, interesting issues, um, Microsoft always did much better than some of the other vendors uh, we, we dealt with. And... Uh, it's worth uh, just bringing up as well on the other end of uh, the vaccination program when it comes to record keeping, the Australian government is going to be using an existing system called the Australian Immunisation Register mm -hmm. and all COVID vaccinations will be are now required to be uploaded to the register uh, to track and trace who is and isn't protected. Uh, this previously wasn't mandatory, so if you've got patchy information there, it's because you know, the, whoever was giving you your vaccination didn't have to report mm -hmm. it. Uh, but now they've changed the laws uh, and that means that whoever gives you your vaccination then has to report it to this register uh, and the government will have a complete picture. And the way I guess that will look on the consumer side of things is the vaccination record will be viewable through Medicare Online, MyGov and the Medicare mobile app. And my health record, if you have one. Mm. So Stuart Robert, the federal government services minister, was say was out on Friday calling for Australians to link their Medicare accounts to MyGov. Um, apparently, only about half of the 19.7 million active MyGov accounts have their Medicare linked. Um, so it might be a good time to do a bit of MyGov admin so you're ready to roll with your <laughs> vaccination certificate is my public service announcement for Monday. Mm. Uh, yeah, most parents would be on board because we've already had to do that for vaccinations for our kids to get them into um, uh, to get them into daycares. Uh, most daycares will want to see that. Oh, actually, all daycares will want to see that your kids are up to date with their vaccinations before they will let you use their services, which is a good thing. Um, so, yeah, so, so that makes a lot of sense to me. And finally, you may remember late last year, there were a number of uh, tragic deaths involving rideshare delivery services. So Uber Eats and Hungry Panda, that kind of stuff. Uh, and in response, the New South Wales government said that they would use Safe Work New South Wales uh, to run a series of audits over these companies. Well... The Sydney Morning Herald, Herald is reporting that the inspectors have done their job and handed in uh, their handed in reports to Hungry Panda and Uber Eats. Uh, they're giving legal notices telling them to improve their standards. 
the six notices from SafeWork New South Wales tells the companies to ensure their riders, many of whom do not speak English as a first language, have training that they can understand, aren't riding electric bikes that go too fast, and don't face unreasonable risks on the road. Uh, that's all very vague, and the, the article doesn't really go into much more detail than that. Uh, but I assume as part of that, we might be seeing... I don't know. It, it it seems to me like the the third point and don't face unreasonable risks on the road can only be solved if the drivers are getting paid enough that they don't have to, you know, try to go as fast as possible between locations. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what that's going to lead to. Uh, I would happily pay a little bit more for Uber Eats, not that I do it all the time, but um, yeah, if, I mean, I feel safe, safer, Sorry, I feel less guilty ordering where I live because it's just a, you know, giant, big uh, residential cul-de-sac kind of thing. So I don't think that there's inherent danger um, when someone drives two kilometres from the 24-hour McDonald's to my place, which is a terrible shame that I'm admitting to you right now, Tess. But um, that does happen every now and again. Uh, And yeah, I I don't feel too guilty, but my gosh, um, riding on an electric bike in the middle of Sydney must be terrifying. Yeah, um, no judgment here. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) On your Uber Eats habits. Uh, You'd think after a report like that, um, whether the risks are so obvious that there's got to be some consequences not too far down the line in in one way or another. Yeah, I would imagine we're going to see some legislation eventually. Anyway, that's all we have time for for the help desk. My name is Pete. And I am Tess, and you've shortened it to Pete. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what everyone else calls me. Although, uh, actually... I'm being overly formal. (laughs) All my idiot friends call me Petey, so you can... Actually, don't do that. (laughs) No. Um, Yes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we will speak to you tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye.